Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my millennial daughter and co-host, Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, how do you do, millennial daughter Lauren? I do very well, although I have to tell you, I was just on a tutorial about how to use Instagram, so I don't think I live up to my millennial status very well. Oh, you've just been demoted. Well, you'll never be demoted far enough to be a baby boomer, but you are a fledgling millennial. How about that? (laughs) Yes, that sounds about right. So I wanted to just tell you about today's topic. I think it's a pretty fascinating topic. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Maximizing your happiness potential, learning what's holding you back in life. Love it. Yeah. You think you think uh, the tides of uh, fate are holding you back? Well, no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but, you know, Lord, no one no one is born happy or weary. You know, for better or worse, we kind of, I guess we kind of wind up there. Mm. And if you happen to find yourself struggling listening to this podcast, well, I guess if listening to the podcast shouldn't be making you struggle, but if you're <laughs> sure struggling and also happen to be listening to this podcast, let's try to change that today. So, <laughs> so before we begin, Lauren, I want to get into this with you, and we're going to try to help people to see what we can change and how to do that. Okay. Uh, but speaking of being wary, is it weary or wary? Hmm. I say weary, but could be a tomato, tomato kind of thing. I'm, I'm from New Jersey. We have trouble with certain words. Yes. Like, for example, coffee. Instead of is that coffee, how you say coffee. It? <laughs> but anyway, before we get into this, let, let, let me play a little song for you that kind of sets the mood for why we have to apply ourselves to liberating ourselves from those forces and things that are holding us back from happiness. So are you ready just for my my little uh, song from, I think it's back around the 30s, 1930s. I may be wrong, but. (laughs) You're like the only DJ, the only DJ that plays songs from hundreds of years ago. Are you ready? Ready. Here we go. Gloom and misery everywhere. Stormy weather Just can't get my poor self together I'm weary all the time So, uh, you're feeling a little bit more stormy and weary after hearing that song? No, I'm doing okay. Thank you. Good, good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we, we really want to know, you know, what what really gets in the way? What corrupts the possibility of happiness? You know, since since no one is born happy or sad, good or bad, you know, we, we are the product of all our experiences. And 
some of us happen to wind up in good places and some don't. Now, a lot of people will, will kind of deflect that, kick the can down the road and say, well, some people are lucky and some people are unlucky. Do you think it's simply a matter of luck? No, absolutely not. Although it is very true that depending on the situation you're born into, there could be more or less struggle in terms of, you know, finding success in life. In no way are we saying that, uh, you know, everyone has an equal chance. But I think what we are saying is that everybody has the ability to create a better, more fulfilling life Mm -hmm. for themselves from the inside out. So regardless of the situation that you are in. Yeah. Yeah. My, my early struggles led me to feel a kind of hunger for those things that I didn't have. You know, it puts a fire in your belly and and that's a good thing. Sometimes complacency comes from maybe having too much. Mm. So, but let's talk about some of the things that create the weariness, the unhappiness. And the first thing that comes to my mind is insecurity, which to me is synonymous with feeling too vulnerable. Mm. Do you think insecurity is a major component in in happiness versus unhappiness? I do think so, because if you're insecure, even slightly, which most people are to some degree, but, but being insecure holds you back from being who you are. So if you're unable to be fully and wholly who you are, then you can experience life in a full or whole way. So yes, I think insecurity is definitely something that restricts us from having it all. Yeah. Um, I would say that I have never, ever met anyone that doesn't have some degree of insecurity. It's ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because no one grows up in a perfect world. No one has perfect parents, (laughs) except you. Right. And uh, <laughs> remember last week we were doing laughing therapy. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so no one has a, it grows up in that perfect world. Everyone, you know, understands illness, separation, loss. So to some degree, insecurity is an inescapable part of life. But I think what's important is to realize that that insecurity becomes a habit. And, and I think if we approach our own insecurities and vulnerabilities as a habit, I think we can approach it a little bit more directly as to trying to challenge the insecurities that have a breaking effect on our life. Yeah. So how do we, how do we you know, attack insecurity? Well, at first, if we realize it's a habit, and with any habit, all habits are learned and all habits can be broken. So we're either feeding or starving any habit. What would you say would be a way that we feed our own anxiety, not just anxieties, but insecurities and and self-doubt and hesitations? How do we feed those kind of bad things in us? Mm, I think it all starts, obviously, it all starts in our mind and, and being able to notice what those thoughts are that come up and then to actually challenge them. So in, when I teach the kids, we talk, we, we call it becoming the thought detective. So challenging whether or not your thoughts are actually true and are they valid and even are they helpful because a lot of times we have these thoughts that are negative which I guess in some ways try to protect us they don't want us to take risks because our brain is trying to keep us safe if we take a risk well then we might fail Uh, so there is that form of protection in, in insecurity trying to keep us isolated and and safe but 
I think really noticing when those thoughts come up and asking yourself if the, if those are the thoughts you want to let run your life, um, mm-hmm. because it's as simple as just changing the thought. Yeah, you know, thought detective. I love that, but uh, but you're absolutely correct. What I would add to that is that when you have a thought, especially one that creates a kind of ruffle in your feathers, uh, ask yourself the question, is that me, the healthy, mature me, or is that my insecurity talking? Mm -hmm. I think if you could differentiate and just realize, wow, that really does sound like insecurity. And, and, you know, that that kind of thinking comes from a place of doubt and self-doubt and all of that. So if you can differentiate between healthy versus insecure, it, it puts you in a position of choice because then you can kind of give yourself a kick in the keister and say, well, wait a second. I don't have to go down that path. That's that's not what the healthy, mature me knows and realizes. That's just that old habit, that lingering habit of self-doubt. So, you know, I think it's important that we make uh, our thoughts a bit more conscious so we can be more direct with whether we allow, and that's an important word, whether we allow or indulge insecurity or we give it the old stop it, drop it mantra. <laughs> Yeah, the stop it, drop it. Um, we, I was just having this conversation with some students at school where they were talking about the stop it, drop it when they have a thought that they know is not healthy or or I shouldn't say not healthy, but a thought that is not perpetuating positivity. And we also were talking about sometimes the need to validate the fear that is there because a lot of these negative thoughts come from fear, fear of not being good enough, fear of not, uh, or fear of being seen. Uh, just lots of fears like that. So we were talking about the idea of in your mind, actually comforting yourself and saying like, I know that I'm feeling scared right now, but I also know that I can be brave. Mm. So it's sort of like validating it, but also coaching yourself through it. Like I see what's happening. I hear you. Uh, However, I'm not choosing this today. Like I'm choosing differently starting right now. Mm, I like that. Yeah, let's get into fear a second. I like I like the concept of fear versus and connecting that to insecurity. But do you know when I grew up on Hudson Street? Do you know what we used to call fear when we were afraid of something? You know what we say? I do know. I know you know. Go ahead. You were well, scared. I was a scared. Mm-hmm. I love that word. So I, I'm a scared to go on with this, but nevertheless. <laughs> so fear certainly can be a manifestation of insecurity you know, makes us feel vulnerable. And sometimes what happens when we are, or when we become a fearful person is we try to control more in order to control life, control others. We're just trying to protect ourselves. And a lot of times, you know, we have to just learn to detach from that catastrophic emotional thinking and and look for the fact-based thinking. Because first, I think we need to objectify our fears and concerns and, and try to pull away the emotional contamination that makes them seem so uh, unlivable. I guess fear tends to get, it's like tar and feather. You know, we get tarred, tarred and feathered with fear on top of maybe a realistic concern or a realistic fear. And once we are tarred and feathered, uh, it's, that's the overlay of emotional 
just kind of baggage that comes onto that. So then it becomes bigger than life. Mm. The fear itself becomes exaggerated. I always use the dentist, and I'm sorry I keep going back there because there are a lot of dentists that listen to this that probably are going to hate me. I have to find another another profession <laughs> that people <laughs> universally, you know, would rather not have to visit. But uh, but let's leave it for dentist right now. So so if I have to have a, a tooth cleaning, and you know, and I I have a, a bit of a dental fear, a bit of that. What happens if there are emotions connected to that? That fear might become you know the old mountain out of a molehill. So we have to objectify our fears. And when they start to become exaggerated and redundant and ruminative, we we really need to take a step back and say, well, what's the objective fear here? What am I afraid of? And at least try to bring it down to earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think fear also can be an incredible teacher also, because like you're saying, it can feel completely overwhelming, but also when you notice what is it that you're afraid of and you try to actually identify what's beyond the fear like where did it actually grow from I think there's always some sort of lesson tied to the fear it's like the fear is this thing that's trying to hold you back and yet if you listen to it carefully it might actually offer you some information about how to really move forward if you're able to sort of like sit with the fear instead of instead of ignoring it yeah, you say fear can be a great teacher. Do you do you scare the bejesus out of your students? Yes, that's my prime objective. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you make them as scared of you? No, unfortunately, I don't have that ability. <laughs> I've had some. I've, I've growing up, I went to parochial school, and God bless the nuns. I love them all, but it was a different culture back then, and fear. Uh, was was part of it, you know, just the old ruler slapping down on the deck, the desk, and and it 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 did keep your attention, I have to say. Um, but I, I I would have to agree with you. I would much rather have been in your class growing up. Yeah, I actually am very um, conscious of not creating any sort of fear wherever possible, because that really can deter learning. I think it's like the number one thing on the Maslow scale of learning. Like if a kid doesn't feel safe or even if a human doesn't feel safe, um, that's like your basic need. So when that is taken away, you can't actually function on any other level, especially not in Mm -hmm. an academic setting. But but it's true for adults, too. You, You have to make sure that you are feeling safe, which might mean dealing with your fear. And once you're in a place where you are feeling safe and somewhat secure, then you're able to optimize all the other parts of your life. But that's kind of like step one is managing fear. It just makes a whole heap of sense too, because if, if you're living in fear, I mean, that's, that's that, uh, you know, that instinctual need to, to, to live and to not die uh, metaphorically. And sometimes literally, but, uh, but we, we have to, we have to quell our fears if we're going to attend to other aspects of life. Very good. Very good. The other thing is uh, past experiences. You know, we have, we were maybe woundedness from our past, uh, you know, would create kind of sensitivities. Yeah. We, we have to think in terms of our past woundedness and how it how it really kind of changes the trajectory of our lives. Let's say you're riding along the highway and there's a detour and you were going to go straight, but now you have to go in this convoluted path through the neighborhoods to get back to where your, your path is. 
but that, that's kind of what you know bad experiences do or challenging experiences. They alter our path. Now, sometimes we don't wind up back on the road we started with. Sometimes we get mired and lost in the neighborhoods just trying to find our way back from the detour. So the past has a tendency to disrupt where we normally would go without those disruptions. How do we how do we just minimize the past? And you know, how do we gain new experiences and, and neutralize those experiences that have kind of led us astray? Do you have any any feeling on what we can do to mm. reclaim a life that has been somewhat detoured? Well, I think accepting the detour as part of your story and not ever really doubting that all the things that have caused you difficulty or taken you in different directions, that they're all sort of lining you up for what comes next. And I know uh, Steve Jobs has a favorite, famous quote in his speech that he made that says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. So you have to trust in something, whether it's life or karma, and know that the dots will all make sense one day. So no matter where you're at, one day what you're learning through this difficult situation is going to be something you'll need in order to conquer the next obstacle. Yeah. And so um, it's not begrudging where you are or where you're going. It's just knowing that it's all part of the process and and you can kind of choose how to steer yourself, but also just be open to all experiences, either being experiences that are feeding you, growing you, or showing you something. Sometimes I feel like I don't have any dots. You have plenty of dots. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, it's, you know, it just came, came to mind. It's like a relationship. Let's say, you know, you were engaged to someone and, and you were thrown out of that engagement. You know, the person just said, see ya. Um, Mm -hmm. That, that may leave, that might be part of the detour that, that, that gets you from feeling confident going forward and initiating a new relationship or trusting a new relationship. Mm -hmm. So, so experiences that, that really kind of wound us, uh, I think, I think are very, very powerful, but somehow we, we have to detached detach from those those harsh and negative experiences we need to neutralize them and we need to realize that if we do nothing those sensitivities may infiltrate our here and now present and i think that if the past is contaminating the present you know that's a good definition for neurosis the past contaminating the present so I think that we have to uh, really try to neutralize where we are in the moment and detach from the tainting effect or the contaminating effect of past negative experiences. Mm. Before we go on with today's podcast, I just I just want to bring up, which I know I told you I would, that we mm. are now being sponsored by the most wonderful, incredible program in the entire world and we're really fortunate uh it's called self studios and i mean this is this is just an unbelievable method organization company and and our co the co-founder of self studios happens to be on this podcast right now and it's not me (laughs) it is me Oh, but Don't. you definitely have been a massive help in the creation of our of self studios and and we're really excited because this is our our launch week for our uh, 
brainchild here. So tell us, tell us a little bit. This is our going to be our new sponsor for self coaching, but tell us a little bit about what is self studios. So self studios is a place where wellness courses and social emotional learning will be offered to children and teenagers in a fun and interactive way. So we're working on curriculum that will be accessible to younger kids so that they can start to learn about all the things really that we've been talking about on the podcast, but to be able to impart this sort of knowledge and tools and strategies for younger children is something that has always been a passion of mine. And it's been such a gift to be able to share with the curriculum I've created for the school that I work in. But now um, a good friend of mine, who's also a social worker and an art therapist, we've kind of combined forces and we are uh, offering our first summer virtual summer camp for kids. So if anyone's interested, you can check out our website at www.selfstudioslearning.com and also follow us on social media where we'll uh, update lots of different hopefully helpful posts for parents and kids and offer some contests and fun things so um, let me let me ask him a, a baby boomer question okay sure is it self studios learning all one word yes self studios learning and it's studios with an s on the end it's yeah. self studios it is going to rock the world. Wait, wait till you guys go to the website. I just saw the website today. It is unbelievable. You've just got to go, whether you have kids or not, or go get some kids. You've got to, you've got to bring it to this website. It's just an amazing, amazing, and is there's nothing like it. I mean, this is really unique. And and I'm saying this not because she's my daughter. Yeah, but, I think you're a little biased, but but no, no, it's it it is it's an amazing program. I say it sincerely and from the heart. And anyone that has a child that would like to really give them the full benefit uh, of you know just growing up in this world that can be so challenging, this is the place to go. Can I go to that summer camp? Potentially make it an exception. Okay, okay. All righty. So Self Studios will be our ongoing sponsor and we'll get some updates as we go along. Thank you so much for bringing that into the world. So let's go back to our our podcast, which pales in comparison to that wonderful Self Studios. But we're talking about maximizing your happiness. Now, some of the things that get in the way are circumstances. You know, having a dead end job, relationship conflict, physical challenges, illness, sickness. Uh, so it's really very important. Now, my take on the circumstances that deter us from happiness is that to realize that it's not circumstances that bring us to our knees. It's how we interpret or react to those circumstances. You know, it's it's like if we have 15 people that are getting an IRS audit, uh, you know, five might uh, jump off the bridge, five might uh, start crying and, and coming to see psychologists like me, and five others might just say, oh, well. So it's it's not the dire circumstance. It's, it's how we interpret. And I've seen people with just incredibly difficult circumstances with the absolute best optimistic attitudes. And I've seen the other side of that, you know, someone having a bad hair day, just being destroyed. So circumstances can really contribute to our happiness or deter from our happiness. 
you know, it's it's really how we manage the circumstances without drowning. So it's really all about managing circumstances, so the, so that we wind up we wind up not letting those circumstances drown us. So some people handle, and some people don't handle. For some people, just having a bad hair day is devastating. Lauren, you never have a bad hair day, right? <laughs> Only once every four days. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. <laughs> but but you you tend to you tend to handle circumstances quite well. Is do you have a a strategy for handling conflict, uh, difficulties, challenging circumstances? Do you have a personal strategy that gets you through these things? So I don't know if it's a strategy or just sort of like a a different awareness around it. But similar to what I was saying when we were talking about fears, for me. I constantly am looking for the gift in every situation. So even negative situations, there's always something to learn from it, or there's always some sort of gift sort of hidden within it. And I kind of refuse to allow myself to be a victim of circumstances. So no matter what it is, it's, I will search until I, you know, until I find it. And like, for instance, just um, last year, I had dislocated my shoulder uh, at a dance class that I absolutely loved. And it was right before what would have been my wedding. And uh, that full contact dance class or full contact. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and so there was a lot going on in, in life and a lot of things I was excited to participate in. And then my shoulder, I had to have surgery and I, I couldn't really be active or do any of the things that I was hoping to do. And so I remember at first being devastated by this. And I, I couldn't figure out how there could be anything good in that situation, but I was relentless and, and wanted to find a way to make meaning out of it. And I found the gift, which was the gift of time and slowing down and really starting to appreciate the little things. And at that point, it was before the pandemic. So um, there was a lot of hustle and bustle. And it gave me this opportunity to just sort of like reset, recharge, reconnect with my body. Um, and so there were so many gifts hidden within it. But had I focused on all the negative around it, because there was a lot, I was missing out on things that I had waited years to participate in. And there was there was a lot that was disappointing, but I chose not to focus on that and, and just to search for the for the positive. And I think that that's possible in every situation, even though I know that's hard to hear when things are really, really tough. But a lot of times I think that it can be done. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is that it's it's really a matter of perspective. When you first had your shoulder surgery, you had kind of lost perspective and you would feeling uh, things will never be the same. And I'm reading into it that I'll never get back to where I was and that kind of thing. So you lost perspective, but then you came back to that perspective. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, a lot of people having surgery for is a good example, you know, might be sitting there saying, I'm just not lucky. Life is terrible. And, and you were kind of doing that. It didn't last long because of your own resilient personality. But, you know, how, how did you was there uh, something that helped you make that transition from conceding to the, the darker feelings to the more optimistic feelings? I think accepting the circumstance fully, like understanding that in this moment, this is the reality and not necessarily fighting against it. So just finding a way to accept that whatever is going on, um, it is as it is. And mm -hmm. as you attach negative feelings and emotions, like that's 
normal, but it's also you doing that to you. It's not necessarily a bad situation. And that story you always used to tell me about the maybe story. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Absolutely. Um, I think it's like a a Zen story where they talk about the 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 man who embodied the principles of Zen, he would never admit that something was good or bad. He would just always kind of say it it is as it is. And they would ask him, I think his house burnt down and they would say, Oh, it's so terrible that your house burned down. And, and he would say, maybe. And uh, I think his son had broken his leg and they had said, what a terrible thing that your son broke his leg. And he said, maybe. And then the next day there was the draft for the war and his son wasn't drafted because his leg was broken. And, uh, you know, it just goes on and on to show that, that each and every event is not independent from the whole. So Mm. I think that there's a broader picture and, um, also, you know, attaching good or bad to something is, is your own doing. And it's unclear if something is good or bad, because in the future, it all might connect. Those dots might connect. And you might think something that was terrible at the time actually led you to something wonderful. So a job that is terrible that you absolutely hate and you feel like you're stuck in might finally give you the, um, the, you know, the motivation to find your dream job or whatever it might be. So it's all a matter of perspective. And it's all a matter of, I guess, just accepting things as they are, and knowing that there is good and bad in everything. It's just sometimes you have to dig a little further to find it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it's it's true. And we've, we've talked before about yielding and resisting. To resist life as it is, things that, that are unchangeable, uh, like when you had to get surgery. Had you resisted the fact that you were incapacitated, that could only do one thing, and that could either raise your anxiety, your depressive level, uh, your frustration. So yielding to what is, as you said, it is what it is, and I, I'm fond of saying it ain't what it ain't. And if, if something in life is unavoidable, to resist it creates friction, to yield and get through it is a resilient way of handling life. You know, when we plow through adversity, we we really are establishing a courageous path in life. You know, it was Emerson who said, uh, patience and fortitude conquers all. So if your glass is half empty, fill it up. It's, it's really important to go from pessimism. And if you are a pessimist, okay, it's a big leap to become optimistic, but at least plow through to a place of neutrality and maybe then, you're in, al- in alignment to take that next step toward optimism. Mm-hmm. So perspective is just about everything in life. Yeah, I, do, I also want to just throw in a quote real quick, because a lot of times I think when people feel overwhelmed with difficulties. Are you going to do that because I threw in a quote? Come on. No, I, I just, I, I literally so com- just sent this quote to a friend the other day so because competitive. no, no, I, I'm not competitive. You, but a friend of mine was struggling with just like so many things just circumstantially are going wrong for her. And so, um, she was feeling like it was one thing after another and it just felt like how, you know, how is this happening and, and, and why is this happening? And it's just like a really discouraging place to be. But I, this quote that I absolutely love says, 
There's actually two, but I'll just do one for now. Um, <laughs> so you have to, do, I did a quote today. Now you're going to do two. See, you're not, you're not competitive. Okay. <laughs> now there are two no, really no, good ones. Well, it. you'll like this one because it's about stars and you like stars. Maybe. So this maybe, may maybe, maybe. make you feel better about my competitiveness. Maybe. Um, so it says, for a star to be born, there is one thing that must happen. A gaseous nebulous must collapse. So collapse, crumble. This is not your destruction. This is your birth. Ooh. Good, right? I do like that. You're absolutely right. Can I That's... read the other one? It's also really good. I'm just savoring the star being born. Oh, sorry, okay, sorry. let me savor for a second. Okay, All right, now, now I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay, so this one says, for a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks, its insides come out, and everything changes. Mm. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it would be, it would appear like complete destruction. I like the seed stuff. Yeah. Mm. Well, both of those quotes kind of speak to perspective. Like you were saying, it's like, you know, we look at our life like, oh my gosh, everything's crumbling. This is terrible. And yet in order for something brilliant and great to be born, you kind of have to crumble first. You have to lose the identity of who you once were to grow into who you will be. So I think that um, is all part of perspective and looking at circumstances from just a slightly different vantage point. Yeah. And I, and you're talking to a guy with no dots. You've got plenty of dots. Okay, perspective. Enough with perspective. the insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we're trying to, you know, really kind of check out some of the things that keep us from really achieving the happiness we want and certainly the happiness we deserve. And if any of these things are really hobbling you, then it, it's time to start really taking an active role. And one of those is mindset. You know, ask yourself, how am I holding myself back? You know, am I insisting on over-controlling life? You know, stubborn habits of thinking and perception. And I, I always come back to that word habit. When we fall prey to the destructive habits in our life, our life begins to go down a path of destructiveness. So the person that will tell you they're unlucky is a person who has succumbed to that perspective that for them the habit of negativity has caught up to them and is now steering. So we need to take that steering wheel back. We need to realize that we are at the helm and the habits of the past, the insecurities of the past, the circumstances and experiences and all that stuff, they are no longer going to steer you if you decide very actively and very passionately to take your life back. Right? Mm. Yes. And you've taken your life back. You know, just one more I would like to throw out there before we kind of leave these topics. And that's, you know, social defensiveness, because a big part of unhappiness is, is when we kind of isolate ourselves socially or when we tend to pull in our feelings because we don't want to risk feeling, you know, we're just guarding against intimacy. I mean, how important is intimacy and relating when it comes to finding that happiness or maximizing that happiness potential? Mm. I think it's everything to do with it, because without connection and intimacy, there's none of it matters. Mm. So the, the intimacy is, is really uh, the quintessential thing that gives us a sense of 
meaning. And I, you say connectedness, but I, uh, it kind of resonates with me that a, a lonely world or a world without relationships, without friendships, without love, uh, I, there's very little chance for happiness to infiltrate that world. Do, do you think that's true? Or am I overstating the need for relatedness in our lives? Um, no, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. by that well, I know I know that you know it's it's unfortunate but it, do you happen to know what time it is right now <laughs> why is that unfortunate <laughs> it's pep well, talk time for sure well, well I don't want to just <laughs> snatch away all, all the reverie that's going on here but it, it is that time you know so if you don't mind can I give today's pep talk Absolutely. And here's today's self-coaching pep talk. Choosing happiness. True happiness is an incorruptible attitude that exists independent of life's circumstances. Living a fulfilled, happy life isn't something you wish for. It's something you choose. Starting today, regardless of what goes on around you, Recognize that you and you alone make the decision as to what kind of day it will be. You're in charge. Be in charge. Wow. Is that a bit too forceful there? <laughs> no, I like it. It's a call to action. Lauren, you be in charge, Doug. Got it? Okay, okay. So since you're in charge, and since I've been admonishing you every week that we've been doing this, uh, and I, since I know you're taking full responsibility for your life, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, closing remarks uh, would be. There that, you go. I knew yeah. I caught you again. You know what? Too I much pressure you. at the you. end got here. You. <laughs> We're not prepared again. What? I, I was just starting to talk. You cut no, me off. No, you were. That was I, unfair. Now I'm not going to say anything. I, I heard that. <laughs> now I'm going to be defensive. <laughs> so, you know, you know what the problem is? And what, it's, it's, it's really, it's really not a problem. And, and I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, a little bit more methodical. You're a spontaneous person. It's anathema for you to be overly prepared. And, and I think that what I'm doing by trying to say, well, Lauren, have you prepared a closing remark? It kind of rubs you the wrong way because you don't you don't like to come in prepared. You like to flow with life. You like to make your dots not only connect but dance with each other. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah, that's true. I was about to be defensive, but I think I actually approve of what you're saying. Yes, I do like to dance with my dots you and try get... not to dislocate my shoulder while I do so. <laughs> do you ever get defensive? No, not you. Um, sometimes I like, I do catch myself getting defensive, but, um, and then I'll stop. Yeah. So I, I, like you, I came ill-prepared for a closing remark. So I will wing it and try to be more spontaneous because my daughter has taught me the, the value of spontaneity. And in my own spontaneous way, let me just recap the importance of maximizing your happiness potential. You need, to, you need to challenge insecurities. You need to challenge the fears that go along with those insecurities. Past woundedness, past experience, don't let that contaminate and taint the present because the past does not exist in the present unless we drag it along as baggage. Circumstances, we all have difficult circumstances, some challenging, some more, some less. 
but it's how we interpret and manage those circumstances. And it's all about perspective, how we see things, how we react to things. It's not life that brings us down. It's that reaction, that perspective. So find some love in your life, connect those dots, dance with your dots, sing with your dots. But I just found a closing remark. Yes. Are you ready? Ready. Now I want you, I want you to think of all those dots, right? Okay. And then I want you to think of what we talked about in last week's podcast, the laughing therapy. Okay. And now we're gonna we're gonna do laughing dots. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> <laughs> there goes that fake laugh again. Your dots are not laughing. There's some place you'd rather be. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There, there goes that defensiveness again. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to torment you anymore today. Thank you. But it's been fun. And I want to I want to thank you for enduring my, my barbs. And, uh, <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> so and visit our website it's selfcoaching.net and by the way i want you to just mention one more time the self studios website ah yes it is www.selfstudioslearning.com and because i am promoting self studios i'm hoping to get a tuition free summer camp out of it <laughs> i mean i guess you are kind of like a kid at heart so i suppose we'll let you in <laughs> so visit our websites now where you could learn more about uh, not only self studios but our self-coaching philosophy and while you're there i would appreciate it if you'd check out my latest number one best-selling book unlearning anxiety and depression the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life so until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. And remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join my Self Studios co-founder, Lauren Simonian, and me every week. And let's make it simple together. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart.